What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to continue our conversation that we started last time about the difference between deserving your outcomes and earning your outcomes, or thinking that we deserve our outcomes versus actually earning your outcomes. I briefly introduced this topic last time, and full disclosure, that was mostly off-the-cuff conversation. So if it felt a little erratic, it was a little erratic, but I think that I did a good job of conveying the point. Today, we're going to clarify the point and be able to understand more why, where we are as a society, and I have a perfect example of where we are that I just learned about today, and how we're going to look at three examples of why you We don't deserve anything. We earn everything. And then the commonalities between those three three examples. Because at the end of the day, so many people want, have intentions of having good quality outcomes. So many people have intentions of good things in their life. So many people have, they want some level of greatness, for lack of a better term, some level of greatness in their life, greatness in their health, greatness in their marriage, greatness in their business, greatness in their career, greatness in something. So many people want that, but a lot of people lose track somewhere along the way. There's a number of reasons why that could be. All of us could point at external factors, point at that factor and this factor and this factor, all of which would be true, but there is always some underlying version of you that is holding back the potential outcome. There's always something that you're not doing that is leaving the outcome on the table instead of you being able to actually grasp out, reach it, and pull it to you. And so that's what this is all about, is what is that thing that's missing? What is missing from me being able to get to that outcome? And for most people, most of the time, it's simple effort. Like it's just earning it. It's just going after it. It's changing your expectation of what that effort should be. Well, I'm putting in some effort. Some effort ain't gonna cut it. Some effort isn't gonna get you to where you're trying to go. You have to be able to shut that idea down and just push forward more, like just work harder. Simple, simple idea, simple idea, but not easy. I understand that. But nothing in life that is worth going after, nothing in life worth going after is easy, nothing. Not a zilch. So setting that expectation aside that putting in a modicum of effort should get me to my goal needs to go away. You can should yourself all day long, but it's not going to happen. What's going to get you there is just simply starting with effort and just simply starting with more output. And that's going to be what our conversation today mostly involves around, evolves around is output. So, The example that I want to give or the example that I want to give that conveys that in our society today comes from a poor player, not poor as in financially poor, but like I feel sorry for the guy, not not totally sorry, like you got to be able to know what you're doing at some point and be aware, Uh, a player from Ole Miss, a football player. If you go look this up and maybe you've already seen that, Ole Miss football, their head coach is Lane Kiffin. 
Lane Kiffin's been around for a couple decades now, I think. He started at USC, Southern California, as an assistant coach. He eventually, I believe, became the head coach after Pete Carroll left. He jumped around a little bit. He's been a little controversial here and there. Nonetheless, the dude's a hard-nosed coach. He's a hard-nosed guy. And Ole Miss football is, a, I think, in like the top five in the country this year, in the top 10 at least. So they're a very good football team. And so they expect very high quality out of their players. And they have high expectations of their players. As well, they should. If you want to be a good football team, you should have high standards and therefore hold your players to high standards. Well, it turns out that one of their players decided to go aloof, if you will, for a couple weeks. And the coach reached out to him and the guy never reached out back. Never showed up, never did anything. And then finally showed up one day with a hidden hiding his telephone so that he could record this whole thing, showed up one day and Lane Kippen lost it on him. Was like, dude, where the F have you been? Like, what do you think's going on here? I've been reaching out to you. What's going, like, what is wrong? Well, I haven't, I wasn't ready to reach out. I wouldn't, I was mentally unhealthy. Like, anyway, you can go find the video. You can see it. You can watch it. The guy thought, the kid in this instance, thought that, since he wasn't ready, since he wasn't prepared, he could do whatever he wants, and he could still walk back into that office and have his job back, if you will. But Lane kicked him off the team, as far as I know, which I, I believe is rightfully done. Like, you cannot just get away with everything that you want to do and expect that you deserve to get exactly what you tried, what you were stepping away from. If you leave a job for two weeks and you don't talk to your boss for two weeks and then you step back in and you go, okay, I'm ready to go, and you don't expect any kind of like backlash, that's not reality. So this isn't about him per se, but it is about the culture in which we have, number one, raised those 20-somethings, and number two, has also gone into career culture and society in general. And it goes back to the idea of participation trophies and participation medals and pats on the back for everybody instead of very clearly pointing out the person who did the best or the teams who did the best, the top three or the top five or whatever, but giving everybody a pat on the back and trying to pretend like everybody, no matter if you worked your ass off or if you half-assed everything, everyone did a great job. Because that is not reality. That is not the way things are. And the three examples that we're going to look at show, and they're, they're not just like, you know, fluffy examples. They're very ingrained examples that are kind of winner-take-all examples, if you will. And again, I don't believe that that has to be the case, winner-take-all. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is putting in effort the, the necessary effort to get what you want. That's what we're talking about, which anybody and everybody can do. Anybody and everybody has the capability to do. Now, of course, some people are in a socioeconomic environment that makes it much more challenging, and that is fully worth recognizing, most definitely. Environments definitely play a part in that. But nonetheless, nonetheless everybody has the capability to put in the necessary effort to get the outcomes that they want for the most part. 
Unless you're 5'2 and you want to be an NBA basketball player and your name is Muggsy Bogues or Spud Webb, like you're not going to be an NBA basketball player. That's not going to be the case. Outside of those kinds of scenarios, generally speaking, if you put the effort in, you'll get the outcome that you want. If you put the necessary work in that it's going to take, you will get the outcome that you're looking for. Now, let's look at three examples of how that's the case. And the very first example, the thing that literally runs our earth, evolution. The very first thing that runs this earth is evolution. Now, evolution is selection through usefulness, if you will. Most people call it survival of the fittest, but it's not necessarily survival of the fittest. It is survival of the most useful traits amongst traits. So as we evolve over time, hundreds and thousands and millions of years, our most useful traits that keep us alive and have a higher tendency to keep us alive and help us thrive, those things will stick around. The ones that are useless and will not keep us alive and do not have a tendency to be helpful, those go by the wayside. That goes for humans, that goes for plants, that goes for frogs, that goes for birds, that goes for trees, that goes for insects, that goes for everything that is on this earth. As it changes over a period of time, as it evolves over a long period of time, the thing that is the most useful will come out quote unquote on top or will win. Now, of course, there's lots of traits that come out on top. A human being has lots of traits, 10 fingers, 10 toes, a nose, ears, eyes, so on and so forth. Lots of traits. So again, it's not about the winner. That's not what I'm talking about here. It is the most useful things. It's the things that are long lasting. In evolution, that's what happens. The things that aren't useful don't last long. They don't hang around over time. Over time, they get pushed to the side and they lose out to the traits that are more useful and that will keep the that will keep the what's this word I'm looking for the thing around longer that will keep the animal or the plant or whatever the fungus around longer that's the way that evolution works the most useful trait will hang around and that's what's going to thrive moving forward it has earned its place moving forward because of its usefulness Another example is the animal kingdom in general, the animal kingdom. If you look at any animal within the animal kingdom, you see that that is survival or winner of the fittest. If you look at a pride of lions, for instance, the pride leader is the fittest of them. And he has earned his spot. He didn't just like say, I deserve this, so I'm going to go ahead and be the pride leader. If you look at the, a pack of wolves and you look at the alpha, he is the one who has earned his spot. He has earned his spot to be the alpha. He has earned his spot to be the leader of the pack. He didn't just say, I deserved it and walk to the front of the line. Not that the alpha walks at the front of the line because he doesn't, but he, he earns his spot. If you look at the, the kingdom, the animal kingdom in general, humans are at the top and then everything else is underneath. Guess what? Humans rule the earth. 
Not lions, not tigers, not bears. Humans. Why? Humans rule the earth because of their ability to overcome lions, tigers, and bears and everything else. That's why we have killed almost everything and it made how many countless number of animals go extinct because we have ruled them. We have, quote, earned our spot at the top of the food chain. So within the animal kingdom overall and within each section of the animal kingdom, the one who earns their spot is the one who sticks around and generally is the one who is the leader of the pack. That's the way that it goes. Us as humans, because we're conscious beings, we tend to try and fake our ways into believing that that's not the case. But it is the case because everywhere else in the animal kingdom, that's what we see. Again, that doesn't mean that it has to be one and nobody else gets to do anything great. That's not the case either. It's not about the slice of the pie. It's about expanding the pie so that more people can achieve greatness. That is true and that there is that ability. But it is, the question is, are you willing to put in the effort to achieve that level of greatness? And are you willing to set aside the idea that, well, since all these other people have achieved this level of success, I guess I can't do it because all the pie is taken up. Because that's bullshit, and that's not the case. Which leads us to the final example of all of this, as we kind of tear down from evolution to animal kingdom. The last example is sports. Sports is a very basic example. And if you look at any sport, professional sport maybe is a better way to put it. I'll say professional sports. You look at any professional sports, who plays in professional sports? Is it the guy who thinks he deserves it? Or the girl who kicks and screams loud enough to get put on the court? It, it, who wins the championship? Is it the team who pouts loud enough? Is it the team who puts enough crap on social media to make everyone feel sorry for them? No, it's the one who wins the most. It's the one who wins when it counts. It's the one who's put in the most effort. It's the one who is willing to work their ass off and actually go after it. That's who wins in sports. No one questions that. No one goes, well, that's not fair. Because guess what? This team played that team and this team won. Then this team played that team and that team won. And everyone goes, yeah, well, that makes sense. But in life, we're like, well, no, I mean, everything should be equal. It doesn't matter if you work hard or if you don't work hard. Like, no, I mean, everyone should get their fair share. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? So in sports, we, in professional sports, again, because it is participation trophies that has kind of like propagated this whole thing to a, to a degree. And that starts at the youth level. And it has kind of gone up into like the middle school and somewhat into the high school level. But when we talk about like college and professional sports, like once you actually start getting up into the ranks of where things actually count and things really matter, the, the people that are out there, number one, are the ones that are the best. They are the best and they have worked the hardest on average for the most part. They are the best and they have worked the hardest. 
I'll give you an example. Think about the NBA in 1950. If you don't know or can't think about, or 1950 or 1960, I can't remember when the NBA was started, but nonetheless, if, if you don't know the NBA from the 1950s, the NBA from the 1950s was a bunch of white guys. Pretty much all white guys. Part of that was segregation, and they wouldn't let black people play. Eventually, when they started to let black people play, guess what happened? All the white guys are sitting on the bench now, or not around at all. What if we were like, hey, it should be half white guys and half black guys. What if we did that? What would happen? NBA would be much more boring. It would not be as exciting. Like People would not enjoy watching it as much because all we did was try to make things quote-unquote fair by evening out white versus black instead of understanding that it's the best player that gets there and the best player that plays and then the best team that wins. That's the way that it is in sports. Why we don't think that that's the way that it is in life no rationality. So what's the commonality between evolution, the animal kingdom, and sports? What are the commonalities that we can pull out and understand and build into our own lives that can make us increase our likelihood of earning our way to the outcome that we want instead of thinking that we deserve everything? Number one is in every one of those instances, the things that won out were the things that were most useful over time. They were the things that were useful. In evolution, the trait that is useful will win out. In the animal kingdom, the animal that is most useful at protecting the pride or protecting the pack will win out. In sports, the team that is most useful at beating other teams will win out. So you have to be useful. You have to make yourself useful, which requires effort, which requires putting in time, which requires sometimes falling a down flat on your face because you've worked hard and someone else worked harder. And guess what? They worked harder. That's the way that it is. Number two is they worked hard over time. So they were useful and then they worked hard over time to show their usefulness. When it comes to traits, like I said, a trait wins out in evolution over hundreds of thousands and millions of years. Not days, not weeks, not months, not years, not decades, not hundreds of years, but hundreds of thousands, millions of years. That's how long it takes a trait to win out. In the animal kingdom, how long did it take human beings to become at the top of the food chain? I can't give an exact answer. What I do know is that 12,000 years ago was the beginning of farming for human beings. And still at that time, human beings, they were probably close to the top of the food chain, but they weren't, maybe they hadn't solidified themselves at the top of the food chain. It probably took another couple thousand years after that, so maybe 8,000 years ago. That's when we really solidified ourselves at the top of the food chain. 
And Homo sapiens themselves have been around for a couple hundred thousand years, so you do the math how long it took human beings to get to the top of the food chain. Again, not days, not weeks, not months, not years, not decades, not hundreds of years, not even thousands of years, but tens of thousands, tens of thousands again, tens of thousands of years. That's how long it took. And then in sports, it's very rare that a team, it happens, but it's very rare that a team just like all of a sudden starts popping off wins and popping off championships. It took Michael Jordan seven years to get his first championship. And Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever live. Took him seven years to get his first one, and he ended up with six. So took him some time, took him some sacrifice, took him some effort, and he had to keep going, and he had to keep showing up. He was probably the best basketball player by his third year, fourth year, maybe not even that long. But before he actually achieved the ultimate outcome in the NBA, it took him seven. It took him seven years to get there. The last thing then to stack on top of all of the usefulness and the hard work over time is that they had to continue, continually work to stay at their position. Continually work to stay at their position. Going back to the Ole Miss football player who walked out on his team and on his coach for two weeks and then came back and expected that everything was going to be okay and he was just going to be able to walk back in and thought he deserved his spot after being gone for two weeks. You have to work at it. You have to earn it. And once you're there, it doesn't mean you get to stop. It doesn't mean you get to relax. It does not mean that you get to lie on your back and now you get to lay in the sun. Not what that means. Not the case. Most people wait for retirement to do that. And in retirement, most people die within five to eight years because that's what they do. They lay on their back and then they die because now all you're doing is laying around. You have to continually earn your spot. Not only earn your spot in health, but also earn your spot on earth. If you stop, you will die. It may take a little longer, but if you don't do anything, your body will start to shut down and you will die. There is a reason up until maybe a couple of decades ago that social security payouts were only for like, I don't know, five or six years. You know what that means? Once people retired and reached the age where they can collect social security, they only lived five or six more years because they sat around and they did nothing and they died. That may sound harsh, but that's the way that it is. So you have to continuously earn your spot on this earth at the same time. You have to continuously earn your spot in what you're doing. So that doesn't mean that you're not worthy as a person to begin with. You are worthy. You are worth the effort. You should go out and do it. You should go out and work hard. But that's what you have to do is go out and work, work hard and earn it. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. You earn it. You go out and you earn it. Usefulness, hard work over time, and continually, continuous, ongoing effort to keep yourself in that position. Continuous, ongoing effort. You can't lay down. You can't stop. This isn't about like, go out and hustle, like that kind of thing. Like Johnny Hustle culture, like it's not that kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about here. You decide what's going to make you happy in life and that's fine. If it is doing nothing, okay, that's fine. It's going to be a short life. 
But if you have some level of like, hey, this is what I want to achieve, it doesn't have to be a grand thing. But if it's something, you got to get there. And then you got to keep putting effort into at least maintain that level. So keep going. Keep working hard. Believe in yourself. As corny as that is, as corny as that sounds, believe in yourself. Believe that you are worthy of the effort and the sacrifice and the pain and the hard work and everything that everyone is trying to sidetrack right now and sidestep and get around and move around. It ain't going to happen. You have to keep going. You have to accept the hard work. You have to accept that it's going to be painful along the way, but you're worth it. And you have to earn it. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button so that you can keep getting this information. Until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.